for having conversations with people about tithing, and one of those was, well, that's an Old Testament thing. That's an Old Testament thing. And I thought, wow, if it's Old Testament, then I guess we're, under, we're not in obligation to give at all then. That sounds great. Then I found a verse that Paul talks about in 2 Corinthians. He says, if you want to sow sparingly, you will reap sparingly. But if you want to sow bountifully, you will reap bountifully. Somebody asked Billy Graham, well, are we supposed to tithe on our gross or our net? He said, do you want a net blessing or a gross blessing? Good answer, isn't it? So it really depends on you. It's all about attitude. Amen. It says give with a cheerful heart. Greek word. Hilarion that we get our word hilarious from. So if you're like me, I don't necessarily have that money, but I'm going to ride the check and laugh as it goes into the plate anyway. Amen. We'll let Vanessa deal with the fact that it didn't make it all the way. We live in a culture based on instant gratification, do we not? Can I get an amen? I'm sorry, this arm is hallelujah. There, here's the amen. There we go. Whatever we want causes a lot of problems. The number one reason people get stuck in their finances is because of debt. What Lindsay couldn't have led into this message better with her testimony. Particularly unsecured credit card debt. That kind of debt. If you look at the statistics of America, American consumer debt right now is $1.7 trillion. That's not the national debt. That's individual American consumer debt. 1.7 trillion. That breaks down to the average household in America has $7,394 worth of credit card debt. I want to talk to you today about being debt free. Now that doesn't include mortgages. And I'm not going to include financial aid even though that's the next big debt in America. As financial, if you have children in college or have been through college, you understand what I'm saying. I'll be paying back Uncle Sam till the day I die. And then somebody else can have that problem. But in your, in your outline, on the uh, second page, I think it is, third page, is uh, verse Romans 13, 8. It says, owe nothing to anyone. And what does it say? Except love. Oh. Nothing to anyone except love. That'd be a great thing. God would never commands us to do something that He doesn't give us the power to do. God says if you want to get unstuck in your finances, you've got to become debt free. And you've got to get to the point where you owe nobody anything. Wouldn't that be great? It can happen. It can happen. doesn't happen overnight, but you didn't get in this spot overnight. That's what my Weight Watchers people keep telling me. You didn't get this in this spot overnight. Two pounds a week, that's a pretty good deal. At the end of 30 weeks, whoa, at the end of 40 weeks, whoa, at the end of 52 weeks, I'm half, almost half the man I used to be. <laughs> Michelle, stand up. Here's your, here's your body. Just met goal weight right here. Come on. I'm going to brag on you. Look at that. Ooh, man. Oh. How much? 44 pounds. 
Yeah? But it was easy. Piece of cake. Anything worth having is worth working for. It's just given to you. Got a problem. You know, I wonder what words the thesaurus would give us for debt. Ran across a few. Owe, obligated, liable, in deficit, in default, insolvent, in over one's head, tied up, out of pocket, in arrears, indignant, indignant pauper, uh, destitute, penniless, needing, lacking, distressed, in difficulty, deadbeat, having the whoop at the door, living hand to mouth, beggarly, empty, having seen better days, gone to the dogs, racked in ruin, impoverished, bad off, hard up, beaten down, reduced to ruin, fleeced, stripped, bereft, bere uh, bereaved, reduced, unable to make ends meet, embarrassed, broken, and busted. Now, aren't you glad you came to church today? Well, it's no wonder we get stuck. We got a lot going on in our lives. Of course, you'd get stuck even if this wasn't happening, but that's why nobody wants to talk about debt. We don't want to talk about debt in church. That's for sure. On the front of your bulletin, I've put 10 signs that you're stuck in your finances, and let me quickly run through those with you. Delaying or making the minimum monthly payment. Secondly, if I miss one paycheck, I had someone take this and, and fill it in based on what they thought they would put in the blanks. And it's funny because they put in there, if I miss one paycheck, I'm in trouble. <laughs> My spouse and I fight constantly over money. I don't put money into savings because there is no extra to save. I have more debt this month than I had last month. And then they wrote, this is me. <laughs> I made at least one payment on credit last week. So you're using credit to pay the bills. I'm unable to grow financially. I'm unable or unwilling to tithe. Though in parentheses they put, I'd like to. Because of my financial situation, I feel I can't take care of my family. And the last one there is, I'm constantly stressed about money. And they wrote, Amen. <laughs> Does that fit any of you this morning? You see, we live in a time when it's difficult to make it, isn't it? Now I'm going to give you six or seven more danger signs. And just in between these statements, kind of write these in. I'm, I'm going to put you to work today, so you're going to have to write. I'm going to give you some key verses as we go along. The first one is, you're, and some of these will sound similar or be similar to what I've already said, and that's okay if it is, just, just put a check mark by it or whatever. But let me give you another one. You're in debt in a bad way if you're living on credit instead of paying cash. If you're living on credit instead of paying cash. This is where we begin to live on credit and depend on the credit to maintain the lifestyle that we've grown accustomed to. If you're doing that, if you're having to just live on credit to make ends meet, you're in bad shape. In fact, I don't have, I don't have, have room to put all the verses in there, but I've got a few. Proverbs 3, 27 and 28 comes to mind. Don't withhold payments, payment of your debts. Don't say some other time if you can pay now. Pay it. How do you know you're living on credit instead of paying cash? Well, let me give you, let me give you an idea. 
Every month your credit card statement come and it, gets, it comes and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. You start being presumptuous. Presumptuous is a sin. Because presumption says, I'm going to buy something now with the idea that I'll pay it off later. Proverbs 27.1 Don't brag about tomorrow because you don't know what's going to happen. Studies show that if you go to a store with the intention of buying on credit, you'll spend 23% more than if you go in and are willing to pay cash. Cash still does work. You guys are a great negotiating tool. If you walk in with cash, they'll usually deal with you. If they don't, go to another store. Guess what? There's about 20 of them that sell just what they're selling. Keep looking. I remember when my, my sons were buying cars for the first time. Well, they had found the car. Oh, Dad, this is all they want for it. That's how many miles it got on it. Well, well I don't know. So you got to find that out. What kind of tires did it have? Well, round. <laughs> okay. Does it leak oil? I don't know. So we need to find that out too. Well, why do we need to know all that stuff? I like that car. I said, well, because it may not be worth what they're asking for. And you're just going to give them the money without... Working with him. I said, we're going to pay cash, so let's go in there and offer him this much. Well, he won't take it. You don't want it. Yeah, I do. I won't take it. No, you don't. So we're going to keep looking until we find it. I said, because every car like that, there's 20 of them waiting just like it. That are even better. It's been fun to watch them. It's been fun to watch them over the years. They get, they, they're getting downright tough now when they buy a car. <laughs> Mess around. Second danger sign. Delaying payments and paying the minimum due. You delay payments. Now, I, I, hold, I, I love it at Christmas time. They say, you want to delay that for one month? They've just, you just doubled your t uh, interest rate. <laughs> no. No. Don't pay the minimum due. Don't start missing payments. The third one is you're unable able to tithe or save. That's when you're in so much debt that you can't even put money aside for savings. You can't put money aside for tithing. I had a secretary in a former church where I served years ago and the church was going through a downturn and so all of our salaries were frozen. And at the staff meeting, I'll never forget what she said. She looked up and she said, I can't live on this. And she said, and furthermore, you have forced me to not tithe. I looked at the preacher because I was hoping he'd say something to her and he didn't know what to say to her. I didn't say anything, but what I thought was, you can only afford not to tithe because you don't want to. <laughs> Nobody's forcing you not to tithe. There's some churches that don't even take up an offering. They just put a basket in the back, and if you want to give, give. If you don't, okay. There's another church I know of that when the offering is passed, they say, if you have a need, take it out of the offering when it comes by. And if there's not enough in there to help you, well, let me know. You're the most generous people I know. I can stand up here and say to you, if I stood up here and said to you today, and this is a person you don't even know, I'd say they need help with their rent, they're $500 behind. If you're willing to help, let's do that. You'd probably give me most of that month, $500. This is the way you are. Because you have faith in Almighty God that he's going to take care of the blessing for that person and then turn around and bless you. Amen? That's what he does all the time. So you see, when you give, you need to, as, as Lindsay so well put, do that, do that first check. <laughs> Always the hard, why is it the hardest check to write? 
See, God wants you to live on 80%. He wants you to give 10 to him and then 10 to yourself. Oh, we'll talk about that in a minute. And if you're not willing to do that, you're really robbing God, according to Malachi 3.8. If you're not tithing, you're robbing God. Did you know that? Go back and read that verse. It'll help you. Proverbs 21.40. The wise person saves for the future. 10% to God, 10% to yourself. The next uh, thing I want you to see there is that uh, it probably won't motivate you much, but the next one is you're unable to pay taxes. Jesus said, render unto Caesar what Caesar's. I hate this time of year, don't you, in the spring? I'm just glad they give it to April 15th to get it all turned in. Usually you know if you're going to pay or not, so you're not in any real big hurry, are you? Render unto Caesar what Caesar's. Now, does Caesar take more than he should? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. He shouldn't take anything from these people. I was looking at the lottery breakdown. You see that the other day? They had the lottery uh, 600-something million dollars. No, it's 534 million at that time, and it showed how the different ones, if you took it over a lump sum, or you took it in monthly installments or yearly installments, how, much you, how long it'd take to spend it. The government spent $534 every hour and 15 minutes. They have $534 million they spend every hour and 15 minutes. So in our time here, they have spent, whew, a lot of money, haven't they? Can you believe that? And we wonder why we're in the shape we're in. The next one is extravagant spending. Now, this is really a big one. We buy things we don't need with money we don't have to impress people that we don't even like. Let me say that again. We buy things we don't need with money we don't have to impress people we don't even like. Isn't that great? It creates extravagant spending. We buy things that we don't need to, with money we don't have to impress people we don't like. Here's the last sign that we're in trouble with debt. If you're always looking for that get-rich-quick thing. Can anybody say mega millions? <laughs> the lines were out the door to buy lottery tickets. Wanted to get that. Three people want it. They're going to struggle. They're going to divide $634 million among three people. They're going to get $220 million apiece. It's going to be a struggle for them, don't you know it? They're, they're getting more money than Peyton Manning's going to get in five years of his contract. Peyton Manning's only getting a paltry $96 million for five years playing football. But he could be paralyzed the rest of his life. But hey, money looks good. Amen. Is it worth it? Athletes. Oh, by the way, we've got a Cracker Jack basketball team here this year. Our two brothers over here leading the way. Brother, I was getting there. Rodney, Rodney back in the back. Didn't bring home the score till, till the end of the game, but, you know, he, he got in there. Brother Jeff sits on the side and just says, go get them, boys, go get them. How many remember Deke Thompson? <laughs> Deke Thompson's our, as Jeff says, our man. <laughs> I think he scored 40 points. He could be pushing Geneva's walker. And probably make 25. <laughs> and they did win by, what, 30, 40 points? Yeah, and the team they played, we played last year, and they said, I think you recruited in the offseason, they told Jeff. Jeff said, no, God just provided. 
God provide. <laughs> Get rich quick. We try it. If you stay up late enough, you can see programs that'll say, if you'll spend $99 on this program in 90 days, you'll be a millionaire. And you might say, oh, that's really stupid, preacher. Nobody's going to do that. Really? When you're desperate enough, you do silly things. Proverbs 21.5 says, hasty speculation brings poverty. It's not the infomercial commercials that are the problem. It's this lottery. It's this lottery. I had the privilege of meeting my cousin. I had never met him, at least I remembered. He's 73, and we met at the River Spirit Casino. I've never been in there until the other day to have lunch with him. I noticed as I walked in, there were a lot of people pushing buttons on these machines. But I didn't see anybody walking out of there with handfuls of money. Pretty machines. Lots of machines. Lots of people in there. They had these cards attached to their lapels, and they were sticking these cards in there. I don't know what all that meant, but it didn't look good. Lottery. Got to get it now. Ecclesiastes 5, 7. Dreaming instead of doing is foolishness. So those are some debt danger signs. What I want to do now is start looking at some things to unlock debt. I've given, I've given four on the inside, four choices to getting unstuck. And uh, before, uh, I, I gave Tammy the outline, this outline that you have in front of you, and then I, I began to think and pray and, and got a few more. So I'm going to give you the four real quick. Choice number one is choose God over money. You already had that on your connection card. Number two, choose God over self. Now, there's scriptures that go with each of these and a challenge question that goes along with each of them. I want you to spend some time there. Number three, choose God over stress. And number four, choose God in prayer over everything. Now, let me, let me give you some more. You just write them wherever you can. I want to I help you become debt-free. First thing you need to do is to commit to becoming debt-free. Make a commitment to do it. It's easy to say you'll do it. A whole different thing to commit to do it. Commit to do it. Stay with it. Psalm 37 and 21 is your key verse there. The wicked borrow and never repay. Let me ask you, are you living like a wicked person? Are you borrowing money with no intent to repay it? And you know when, when you've gone and borrowed money from people, do you really intend to pay it back to them? Oh yeah, I really intend to do it. Well, make an effort. Sometimes it's just the effort, isn't it? Well, I don't have that $400 to give. Well, fine, give them $5. You spent that at McDonald's on a hamburger. Skip the hamburger and give that person that $5 that day because it shows your intent. Amen? But our tendency is, well, until I get this boatload of money, I can't do anything. Oh, yeah, you can if you want to. Show some intent. Makes a big difference. Are you living like a wicked person? Do you have a plan to become debt-free? Have you made a decision to become debt-free? And if the Bible, if not, the Bible says that you're acting like a wicked person. Godly people are generous givers. They are. 
are. God's not down on money. He's down on our abuse of it. He's not down on money. He's down on our abuse of it. God wants us to be debt free. Owe no one anything. Number two, list all that I own and all that I owe. Now that's a sobering thing to do. All you got to do is just get a piece of paper out, draw a line down the middle, owe, and uh, uh, just, just put it down there. What you own and what you owe. It's really, it's really sobering. So, uh, Proverbs 24.3 says, By wisdom a house is built, and it's through understanding it's established. In that verse, the word wisdom and understanding are, are key words in that verse. But when you make that list, it really opens your eyes to how you're living. Proverbs 18.13 is another great verse. It's stupid to decide before you know the facts. <laughs> Too often we jump to conclusions about things, don't we? Before we know the facts. Okay, number three. Practical way to help get unstuck. Have a sale. This one is brought to you by ebay.com. You've accumulated a lot of stuff. We do that, don't we? Just look around. And you got stuff that you never use. I'm holding my hand up. Never use it. But we got it. Why do you need it? I don't know. But I got to have it. I've got a foosball table in my garage that's my son Mark's. I said, son, when do you get your foosball table back? He said, oh, let the church have it. I said, mm -hmm. I don't want it anywhere where I can see it. I said, no, I'm going to let your church have it. You're getting married when, December? Great, you're going to get a foosball table for your wedding gift with a bow on it have a sale who knows you might have enough stuff in there you could actually make some money get help yourself get out of debt and it's amazing what will be bought off of ebay or craigslist because you buy it from there too don't you yeah i had a young person just last week get on ebay and find a Stereo for their car. Man, they were just excited about this stereo. 88 bucks, man. It was a Mac Daddy stereo. Woohoo! Six hours later, they're putting it in the car, trying to put it in the car. It took them over six hours. Her statement was, Well, I didn't know it was such a big deal. I said, It's not. Just throw it in there. It'll start working. It was blowing fuses. Oh, it was, they were having more fun they could, they could handle. Good stuff. Sell it. You see, we're extravagant spenders, remember? We like instant gratification. That's why we have drive-thrus. I read the other day where they're having uh, some churches providing a drive-through Easter service. I mean, what do you drive up and they go, hey, God loves you. <laughs> Take an offering and move on. I knew a church that had a, a drive-through church service. You drive up, they would stick the communion out on a, on a long pole let you take communion, and then they'd stick the next pole in that had a basket, had a, a little, uh, not a basket, but a little uh, uh, sack on it, and you could drop your offering in. And then pull back, and off they go to the next one. Here we go. Somebody back behind them was loading the communion while they're going, this is great. That cuts down on overhead, doesn't it? 
See, we got stuff. We got stuff. We buy cars that we don't really need. We buy them for the wrong reason. Not because we need it for the family or get better gas mileage. It's because we want to look good. We want everybody to see us and look good. Because if I got that old car, I don't want that old woman car, that old woman SUV. I don't want that thing. No, I don't want that. I want me a sporty model. I've not been a sporty model for a long time. If you can't squat down and get in it, you don't need it. I've seen people climb, get in some of those cars, a crowbar couldn't get them out, you know what I'm saying? They're in there. <laughs> Having the time of their life. Bible says that we need to get things out of our life that we consider idols. Because if you wouldn't sell it, then it's an idol, isn't it? can become an idol, doesn't have to be, but can be. All idols preacher were back in the days of Exodus, really. Oh, there's different types now. Boats are a prime example. There's two things that are great about boats. When you buy one and when you get rid of it. Because they just cost money. They just cost money to upkeep. See? If you're really going to have one, you've got to use it on the weekend. And you can't go just on Saturday. You've got to have Sunday too. Well, guess what gets bumped if during the... Yeah. Tennis is better in the winter. Why? Because you can't go to the lake. Didn't have a winner, so hey, we're out at the lake. Here we go, here we go. Gotcha. Number four, start paying God and yourself first. Give God 10% and then put 10% away in savings. You'll be amazed. You'll be amazed at what could happen. You remember those days when you made 20000 but you'd spend twenty-five, or 40 or 80 or 150 and you still spent more than you made? You intended to take care of it. You intended not to get uh, get over over uh, overboard. You intended. The key to getting out of debt is not making more. It's spending less. And I wish that there were people in our culture that understood that. Instead of living on 110%, God wants you to try 80%. But give 10 to Him, 10 to yourself, and live on the rest. You'd be amazed at what could happen. Absolutely amazed. If you were to adopt that plan at the age of 40 and your family income was 60000 by the time you got to the age 60, just 20 years, and if you lived on 80%, gave God 10, gave yourself 10, by the time you got to uh, age 60, you'd have $120,000 sitting in the bank. Not bad. Not bad. So you might think about it. You might think about it. To give God that first 10%, can make all the difference in the world. And then you put that extra 10, that next 10 in for you, and the blessings that come from it. It's, it's just awesome when you can write the last check for that last credit card that you've been working on to get rid of. It is, it is, it is like glory, hallelujah. I'm telling you, I've experienced it. It's awesome. Tear up that credit card. Shred them. That's fun, too. We live in a crazy culture, don't we? If they'll give you more money, then you're credit worthy. You don't have to spend it, but if they'll give it to you, you're credit worthy. If you spend way too much, you're at a credit risk. 
Well, you said I could have it. Okay, spend it. Okay. So your percentage of, of your uh, credit card interest is now 98%. No big deal. Deuteronomy 14.23, the purpose of tithing is to teach you always to put God first in your life. If you want God to be first in your life, you have to give him the tithe. If you make $1,000, you give him 100 If you make $100, you give him 10 If you make 10 you give him $1. you will be amazed at what God will do with that. Most people miss it. Also in your bulletin, I've got the definition for unstuck that we're going to use through the series. That's moving forward in my life. Moving forward in my life because I'm willing to give God complete control. I hope that you'll, I hope that you'll give God a try. The next thing I would have you write down is to, is to set up a repayment plan because that's really important. Uh, develop a plan and stay on the plan. Proverbs 21.5 says, good planning and hard work lead to prosperity. Proverbs 20.18 says, get advice if you want your plans to work. So you want to get godly advice, like we're talking about today. If you want this message to really mean something to you, spend time studying these scriptures I'm giving you today. A recommendation I would make is Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey wrote a book, The Total Money Makeover. If you've never read it, get it and read it. Don't care what age you are, don't care what spot you find yourself, read it. It's a great resource. 20 bucks at the most. Buy it online. It's great. The sixth thing I would have you consider doing is decide to do what you're going to do in half the time. If you set a goal for five years, do it in two and a half. Six years, do it in three. And with God's help, you'll be amazed at how fast you can do it. You'll be amazed at how fast you can do it. Luke 18, 27 says, What is impossible from a human perspective is possible with God. What is impossible from a human perspective is possible with God. Wow. So maybe, just maybe, when you set that goal and you really stick with it, God's going to help you. Because the really the key is, God's power and God's help. If you honor God, he'll honor you. Happens time and time again. That's what these testimonies have all said, haven't they? You trust God and he'll, he'll honor you. The next thing I would have you consider is to share your plan of attack with your creditors. Ah, they're not going to listen. Yeah, they will. Yeah, they will. Give it a try. Tell them what you're doing. Tell them how much you'll pay them each month. Tell them to help you with that, and uh, you just never know what might happen. Proverbs 6, 7 says, When the ways of the people please the Lord, he makes even their enemies live at peace with them. And enemies there would be your credit card companies. When the ways of the people please the Lord. So when you're doing the Lord's work, when you're doing what God wants you to do, good things will come from it. And the number one reason for debt in most people's life is the lack of contentment. We're not content. Young people want what their parents have worked all their life to get. Why? Why should you get it now? What makes you so special? You nodhead. 
Why should you get some kids were playing basketball out here, neighborhood kids, and they're just hanging on that rim. I wondered how it got broke. They're just hanging on that rim. I didn't have any problem telling them, if you want to play, play, but don't hang on the rim. Don't hang on the rim. Well, they looked at me like, well, who are you? They didn't hang on the rim. I was going to go out there and pray with them. Had my brothers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we was going to go out there and pray with them. I was going to put my hands around their neck and pray with them. And let God do what God's going to do. If they're right with Jesus, they got no problem. Amen. <laughs> Hebrews 13, 5 says, be satisfied with what you have. Be satisfied with what you have. The attitude of contentment is so very important. Just be content. Be content. Then the last one I would suggest to you is to stick to it and trust God. Stick to it and trust God. Don't give up. Galatians 6, 9 says, Let us not uh, get tired of doing what is right, for after a while we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't get discouraged and give up. Don't give up. Oh, preacher, I'm struggling. I, I know, I know. Trust me, I know. Then and I are working on being debt-free. I want to be debt-free. Completely debt-free. Every possible way. I don't want to owe anybody anything. Two vital commitments. One, you have to commit to follow God's financial plan. Make that commitment. And you'll be amazed at what God will do. Uh, we've given you some encouragement on the connection card. and Do that. Because it's really, really important that you do that. Uh, pay that tithe to the church. God tells you to give you tithe and give it to your local church. It's important. It's important that you support your local church. The second commitment is follow God's and following God's plan is important financially, but following God's plan for your entire life is the utmost importance. Because if you have a relationship with Jesus, the rest of this tends to fall in place. It's that lack of relationship, that lack of depth of relationship that makes the big difference. Colossians 2.14 says, We owed a debt because we broke God's laws. But God forgave us and took away that debt and nailed it to the cross. You see, once you have that relationship together, then the rest of it literally falls into place. Let's pray together. Jesus, I trust you. I believe with all my heart that everybody in this room trusts you. There might be some here, though, that have never said to you, I want you to be my Savior. There may be some in this room that have doubts about whether you will actually do what you say you'll do. But God, I want to thank you for paying the debt of our sins. Putting us in a debt-free position with our Heavenly Father. Because there was no way that we could cover the debt. We can't good our way there. We can't buy our way there. We can't hope our way there. We can't serve our way there. We can't claim our way there. We can't name our way there. We can only get there through your son, Jesus Christ, Father. And so, Jesus, I'm thankful that you were willing to pay that debt for us, especially for me. That debt I could never repay.
God, I hope there's people here today that are considering, considering making you the Lord and Savior of their life. I'm hoping there are people in this room who are saying, you know what, over the next several years, I'm going to use this as a launching pad to really turn my life around. God, I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to help me to live and begin to live the kind of life that you want me to live. and Give me the strength to do that. Because, God, that's the most important decision that we'll make is what we're going to do with you for eternity. And then, God, I'm, I'm just praying there'll be another group of people who are saying uh, that they're going to commit their finances to you today. Some are very discouraged because they're in such financial straits. They're in such a, a, a precarious position that it doesn't even look like there's any hope. And yet, if they'll get on their knees as individuals and as families and give you their financial mess. If they'll seek help, we as a church stand ready to teach and to help them set up a budget and to help them, Father, do things the right way. God, would they say here this morning that they're willing that they're going to get out of the debt trap and they're going to get unstuck? Would they be able to say that they want your direction and your strength? Father, would you show us your plan and then help us to follow that plan? And God, help me and help each of us to live by your word with your help. And we commit our life to you financially and in every other way. We want to give you complete control. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Everybody say it.